Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Tom Staggs gets promoted to chief operating officer of Disney, pretty much ending all speculation about who's going to take over for Bob Iger when he steps down. Uh, Disney is also going after whoever leaked that Star Wars photo. We'll talk about that. And could more hotels be on the horizon for Walt Disney World? Also, this week we unveil... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't change my script. We don't unveil anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next week we're going to unveil something. And uh, we do have the top 10 threads from disboards.com for January. And a little later on, Dustin and the team are going to do some blue sky discussions about what new Disney hotels might look like. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 774 for the week of February 10th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Jenny Lynn Knopp, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook... <clears throat> Our associate producer, Craig Williams, along with Rhino Clavin and producer Dustin West. Uh, John and Kevin are not here this week. They're not going to be here for a couple of weeks as they are uh, out in Hawaii uh, getting ready to celebrate John's 50th birthday, February 21st, for those of you who want to know the exact date. You can send him emails and you can't send him anything on Facebook because he refuses to be on Facebook, but Twitter. You can follow John and Kevin on Twitter. And send uh, happy birthday messages to him. I'm sure he would appreciate that. A couple things in housekeeping. First of all, for those of you uh, that are trying to friend me on Facebook, I want you to know that my lack of response has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that I have hit, apparently, the limit of what is allowed on a personal Facebook page. (laughs) I have 5,000 friends on Facebook, and Facebook doesn't allow any more than that. I guess they figure that if you have... 5,000 friends, you should have a fan page. I absolutely refuse to have a fan page. It just doesn't, it just is ridiculous. So I'm just sticking with the 5,000. And as people drop off, I'm, a pro, I'm, I'm accepting other friend requests. Just start cutting people off. <laughs> yeah, start I, I'm not, I'm, go through. Uh, no, no, I'm dropping not off like Get flies. rid of Corey or Kathy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get rid of me, that's fine. Um, yeah. So that's the reason why I just I got a couple of emails uh, this week wondering why I wasn't approving friend requests. Wow! Um, I just nothing personal. It's nothing personal, um, and uh, it's just you know Facebook limits you. Yeah, Facebook limits it at five thousand. I'll never uh, get there. So, well, okay. now okay. So instead of friending me, friend Teresa, because she hmm. she needs to get to five thousand now. Um, and this way you can find out everything that's going on with the cats. That's right. <laughs> you know, are you still doing the, the updates on the cats' bowel movements? And Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I wanted to mention that. Um, I, uh, I know Tom sent through his synopsis for his Disneyland show. Dustin, can you uh, look that up while I talk about the other shows that are coming up this week? Absolutely. Hopefully the trip uh, tomorrow, 1 o'clock. That's, That's the, the plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're hoping to be ready. Um, we will be ready. Okay. And what oh are you gosh. talking about this week? Love. 
Love is in the air. Mm-hmm. No, what are we talking about? <laughs> Crafts and Valentines and yeah. romantic destinations. Awesome. Awesome. That's Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com. And also on Thursday uh, at the same time, 1 1 p.m., disunplugged.com, the Universal Show with uh, Craig and Rhino and Jenny Lynn. Is Julie there this week? No. She was sick last week. She will be back next week. Okay. And what are you talking about this week? Uh, uh, We'll get there. Whenever we get there. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm really hoping that two days out you have a plan. I, no, I mean, our big our big talk is about uh, our coverage from a celebration of Harry Potter that okay. J&L attended the entire weekend. Uh, don't want to fill anyone in on the news we'll be talking about because uh, there's spoilers then and okay. all that stuff. So right. celebration of Harry Potter, though. All right, sounds good. And what does Tom and the Disneyland team have in store for us uh, this week? On the Disneyland edition this week, Mary Jo talks about how to extend your Disneyland vacation with a trip to the Sequoia National Forest. And the team finishes up their Universal Studios Hollywood 101. That should be interesting. And uh, the Disneyland show broadcasts live every Sunday, 11 p.m. on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. And their show goes up on Mondays. So that show is currently up and ready for you to listen to. Please check it out. Uh, Also want to remind everyone, starting Monday the 16th, we begin our next round of Seven Resorts in Seven Days series. And uh, actually, we recorded the first four of them uh, yesterday um, in a little marathon session. We'll record the rest of them uh, tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was fun. I will tell you the next time we do these, I'm not doing it seven days in a row. It's exhausting. It I really am getting is. too old for this crap. I am. I'm sorry. I was, you know, it was. It was funny. I mentioned this before, but we all that first day at the beach club, we were all just like energized and excited. Mm-hmm. And this is great. Blah blah blah. By the end of it, it was the Walking Dead. <laughs> well, I remember that it's first like, let's day. Let's just skip breakfast. That first day, me and Kathy were there like 20 minutes early, just sitting on a bench chatting with each other, and yep. it's like. That didn't happen again. <laughs> no one was there 20 minutes early from then on out. It was get as much sleep as possible. So, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun too. So, we're going to be talking about uh oh, do I remember the order of them? Wilderness we have Wilderness Lodge, Lodge um, Polynesian, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, Grand Floridian Beach, Beach Club, Club. Beach Club, Club. Yacht then Club. we do Yacht Club, Boardwalk and Olkey West. That's right. Uh, that's the order that they're going to be going up starting next Monday disunplug.com. YouTube, Diz homepage, www.info.com, all that good stuff. Um, and just want to, uh, well, does anybody else have anything in housekeeping? Just, do you have Evelyn's dates for the Nova Scotia meet? 14th to the 16th of August. See, t- committed to memory. Okay. Committed to she memory. She sent an email yesterday, so. The Nova Scotia meet is now cast in stone, apparently. Mm-hmm. August 14th to the 16th. Always have a great time there, so. Um, and then, of course, we have the New Jersey meet coming up the end of April. We'll have links to this and the exact dates on the show notes page. I'm working off an old script, apparently. Um, for whatever reason, the script that was on my computer in my office did not sync to Dropbox. Uh-oh. And I've got an old script here because um, I had all this stuff in there. Um, so we have the New Jersey meet the end of April. We have the Hershey meet uh, in June. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nova Scotia's in August. Uh, Indianapolis is the end of August. Richmond, April. Oh, Richmond in April, too. Yeah, I can't forget Jersey that. Jersey in April. Well, I already said Jersey. New Jersey, okay. And Hershey in June. I, I covered, covered all these. Okay. Can, can I just... <laughs> <laughs> I 
stay with us. Welcome to the conversation, Teresa. Can I just mention I'm I'm a I'm a Richmonder. I'm from well, kind of from Richmond, and I took a look at Melissa's schedule, and there's some really cool stuff. So if you are in the Mid Atlantic area, you should definitely check out the uh, the Richmond information. I will tell you, Richmond is an awesome city. Only been there once, but <clears throat> I absolutely fell in love with it. It is an incredible city. Really looking forward to, to that. Going to be a kind of busy April for me. Um, got a lot of travel, um, as usual. But, and I promised myself I wasn't going to do this again, where I'm home for three days and then I'm <laughs> on a plane again. But guess what? I'm not home from like the middle of March to the end of April. Um, and then we have the Alaska trip in June and these meets and all this other stuff. So it's kind of crazy. But um, Indianapolis meet is where I left off, I believe, uh, the end of August. Then um, we have the New England meet in September. Have they confirmed their dates yet? I think they did. And I want to say it's October yeah, or something. I, I always thought they moved it to September. No, September. No, okay. I'm almost positive. Okay. We'll have links to it in the show notes. I'm sorry. And I'm not Delaware is, I think, moving theirs up to October. And so... Okay. A lot of meets coming up this year. Help us raise money for Give Kids the World if you're in the area and want to show your support for Give Kids the World. Please make a, make a, a, a plan to, to attend one or more of these meets. Yeah. And again, we will have details and links to all the information in our show notes page, disunplugged.com. And can I also mention that we have a couple exciting items to auction off for Give Kids the World? Do you want to mention what they are? <laughs> One of them is um, we have a tote bag by that lady who, do you know her name? Um, that made the um, figment bag that I had, but this one is a red. Lynn Schwartz. Okay. Lynn Schwartz, unbelievable job. And her job, bags are awesome. Uh, with the embroidery that she does uh, for us to auction off at Give Kids the World. She's an amazing talent. And this figment bag she just sent us last week, and I, I neglected to thank her for that. Uh, that beautiful figment bag for us. No, to she sent ratatouille because I have the figment bag. Is that the quilted uh, bag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh the ratatouille beautiful. bag. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the figment bag's not going anywhere. That's mine. I bought it. <laughs> um, and we also have a script from the movie. Listen to this. From the movie Enchanted that's signed by all the um, actors in that the per- movie. Susan Sarandon. Uh, Adams. Uh, Patrick Dempsey. Amy Adams. Yeah. Adina Menzel. Menzel. Um, Adina Menzel. Do not pull a John Travolta. <laughs> not on my show. Not on my show. You're expected to all know that name and her entire history. But start saving your dollars because we're going to put it up on eBay and we're going to have an auction. And we're hoping it does really well. One of our listeners um, works with Susan Sarandon and he wanted to, you know, help us raise some money for Give Kids the World. How so. cool is that? How cool is that? We were so excited when we heard about that. And I forgot to bring it again to show And I everybody. love Susan Sarandon. Yes, I she's love. really good. Just watched Thelma and Louise. Uh, was was on cable last week. What a great movie. So, all right, awesome. Awesome. Um, and the script does not have the poll results on it, so I'm so sorry. I well, that's, don't that's, know why this didn't sync. I have all this done. That's okay, because the slides do, so you can... Okay, I can just read off the slides. Um, last week... We asked, how far in advance do you plan your Walt Disney World vacation? No real big surprises here. Um, The number one result, more than a year in advance, was 25%. No, that wasn't the number one result. But uh, nine to 12 months, 40% of you. Six to nine months was 19%. 
and three to six months, 10%. So the vast majority of you are planning nine to 12 months out, um, which uh, doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me is the amount of complaining that goes on on the boards that people have to plan things six months out with my Disney experience. Um, you're planning your vacation nine to 12 months out anyway. Um, you always have. That's why this site exists, because of Uber planners. Um, this is in line with the, uh, the reports we were running to, to see when people would put in a reservation and when they would actually travel. Um, and Disney Cruise Line was, was even more than Well, this. yeah, the average, yeah, we, we see an average, uh, uh, an average booking window of about 12 to 18 months on Disney Cruise Line because that's when you're going to get the cheapest, right. the cheapest cruise. That's not the case so much with, uh, with packages. Um, you know, I mean, although they do yield their rates as they as as resorts fill up, but well, people book in hopes that there's going to be a discount that comes out, and they'll have their spot ready to right. go. And you already have your reservation; yeah, it can be transferred over to to the discount. Um, we don't have a poll for this week because nothing came to me, <laughs> um, and we did have a winner, and I don't know his name because it's not in my script. Oh man! Apparently, wow. I'm I'm really de- I'm really realizing how dependent on this script I am. And I should have checked this before the show and run back and made sure that uh, I had this I had this all together. But what are you going to do? It's live. Not much I can do. So somebody did win, and I sent you an, uh, a, a message on Facebook, but we're not friends. And, uh, and you so, can never be friends. Go like Pete's <laughs> fan page. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have to check your other box. All of you, go check your other box if you're not friends with me on Facebook. Um but uh, somebody out there is going to get a $50 Disney gift card. Yay. Dustin, Congratulations. You, you look perplexed, Dustin. I thought I might have had the winner, but I don't. I'm sorry. Well, I only put it in my script, so if I don't have it, you don't. But, all right, anything else in housekeeping? No? All right, let's move on to the news. Um, Tom Staggs promoted to Chief Operating Officer of Disney. Uh, the announcement was made in a press release by Bob Iger last week. A uh, 25-year veteran, of Di- a Disney veteran, Mr. Staggs is chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, overseeing the strategy, operations, and creative development of the company's iconic travel and leisure businesses. He will assume the role of chief, op- chief operating officer immediately while continuing to lead parks and resorts until a successor is named. Uh, Disney's senior management team, including all business segment leaders, will report jointly to Mr. Iger and Mr. Staggs, with the exception of the Chief Financial Officer, General Counsel, Chief Communications Officer, and Chief Human Resource Officer will continue to report directly to Iger. I'm not going to go through all this. Um, <clears throat> we talked a few weeks ago about, you know, who was, that, you know, it was really up between Jay Rasulo and Tom Staggs. And, you know, I was hoping for Tom Staggs. Not that either one of them are great shakes, in my opinion, but I think Tom Staggs is a better choice than Jay Rasulo, personally. Um, so, I'm, you know, as happy as I can be because it's all shades of gray at this point. These are, these guys are not, you know, it's not like when Eisner came in and Eisner just was a completely different executive. These guys are all basically variations on the same theme. Um, and they're all going to kind of stay in this particular lane that the company's in because it's doing well. And, you know, why... You know, change for change's sake doesn't usually happen on, in corporate America. So. Do you have any feelings? Because that article also said that Jay Rasulo hasn't signed his contract. So there's talk that... Um, he may take his marbles and go home. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Does I'm that fine. Happen? Oh, that's fine. 
That's fine. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I've never been a fan of Jay Rosillo. Um and you know, I thought as Parks and Resorts chairman, um, Stags has done a decent job, better than yeah. Rosillo did. Um, but you know, the other thing is that every one of these guys, when they come in, they want to make their mark. You know, Iger came out swinging. The first thing Iger did was buy Pixar. <laughs> and that was a surprise because Steve Jobs and Michael Eisner hated each other's guts. And Steve Jobs was on the board of directors for Disney. And they hated each other's guts. And they were about to lose Pixar. They were about to lose Pixar because Steve couldn't stand Michael Eisner. So as soon as Iger came in, the first thing he did was repair that relationship. I think that's when they put him on the board of directors, when they bought Pixar. He wasn't on the board of directors under Eisner. When Iger bought Pixar, and that was a huge thing. I mean, because Pixar was, you know, cranking out those hits, and it looked like the company was going to lose lose it. And Iger did a masterstroke and brought, you know, brought the company, brought Pixar into Disney. And, you know, that's been historic in terms of the effect that, that that's had. On, on Disney. So you take a look at, at that, and then you got to wonder what's, uh, what Stag's going to do to put his, yeah. his stamp on this. And, you know, what direction is he going to go in? It is, it is nice to see that um, somebody that's working their way up that high in the company is coming from the parks and resorts division. Uh, you know, because, you know, Michael Eisner came from a different um, production company, and, and Bob Iger came from ABC. This might be good for theme park fans. Who knows? It, it, it could be. I think, you know, more, uh, more so, it's who's going to replace Staggs as head of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. Yeah. Um, where are they going to draw from? Are they going to draw from out here? Um, you know, is Caligridis in, in line to become head of Parks and Resorts? I doubt it. I think he's got a better shot than Michael Colglazer um, over at I, Disneyland. I think... I don't think they. I don't think they're going to go that route. I don't think they ever have. Usually, what happens after they, you know, they're head of Walt Disney World, they get moved out to the farm, as I call it, which is worldwide <laughs> operations. But the minute you hear that a Disney executive has been promoted to worldwide operations, it's basically they've been sent to the Disney executive farm where they can run and frolic and play mm-hmm. um, they've until been pasture, un- they've been put out to pasture. Because look what happens. They move them to worldwide operations, and then two years later, they announce they're retiring. Yeah. So that happened with Al Weiss. That happened with the cleaning lady, Meg Crofton. Anybody who goes to worldwide operations, it's, it's the Disney executive farm. Um, so, and that's usually what happens once you're done, once you're done as president of Walt Disney World, that's the, the, the path that's been setting up. Cause it's like I said, happened with, uh, uh, with Al Weiss, it happened with Meg Crofton and now Caligridis, um, you know, he'd probably be, be next one sent out to the farm at some point. Happy trails. <laughs> but it's very interesting. I'm very interested to see who is going to be tapped and wh- what part of the company uh, they are going to tap to fill that role. It's going to tell a lot, say a lot, about what direction they're going to go in with parks and resorts. Um, and that was one of the other stories. Before I get to the subpoena that Disney is uh, issuing on Star about Star Wars, I, I kind of want to segue into this other story that was in the Orlando Sentinel. Um, they were talking about uh, Disney uh, Walt Disney World's hotel occupancy rate. Um, spiked in the first quarter at 89% versus 
versus 81% in the previous year. Now, while that may not be stunning news in and of itself, uh, the fact that a hotel is, any hotel is averaging an 89% occupancy rate is, is significant yeah. because it is almost impossible for them to go any higher than that. Uh, they will have days where they fill the hotel, but because so much of the hotel is already full, um, they have to uh, basically, as a, and well, this was an, uh, uh, an interview with Jay Rasulo, and he says, quote, I think hoteliers in general will tell you that to try and fill a hotel beyond 89% is extremely difficult. To go beyond that, it takes too many matchups of people who are staying three nights and checking out, replaced by five nights, mm-hmm. and done in <clears> rapid <throat> succession. Very difficult to do. Um, but what he said in this, uh, in this interview um, that caught my eye is he said, quote, when you see occupancy in that kind of range, you are getting pretty close to a full house. And those were historically the numbers at which we started to think about expanded capacity. And expanded capacity means one thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean more hotel rooms in a particular resort. It means more resorts. Personally, I would love that. I would love to see that. Um, <laughs> Disney World is doing fantastic. The average occupancy rate in Orlando over the same period was 72%. So Disney is far outpacing uh, the, the general market. It's the brand. It's the hotels. We talk about this in our 7 and 7. Um we had some very good experiences in these hotels. So there's a reason why people are staying there and a good reason why people are staying there. So um, that kind of brought about the idea for this week's segment, a blue sky discussion about what kind of hotels should Disney be thinking about building? I have a question regarding capacity. If the yeah. hotels are functioning at almost maximum capacity, what are the parks functioning at? Well, you got to understand that's, you're talking. I, I don't know the exact number of hotel rooms on property, but I think it's somewhere in the range of twenty-two to twenty-five thousand rooms. Um, that barely fills Animal Kingdom. Okay. Um, so the on-site guests don't make up the majority of guests in the park. That was what um, I was the majority at. of guests in the park are made up from people outside. So that's uh, they're, they're two entirely different. They're two entirely different factors. Okay. But. It's, you know, it's very interesting. Like I said, I thought that was very telling that historically these are the numbers at which we started to, th- we started to think about expanded capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no reason for Disney not to build more hotels. None. None. They're... Got room, right? They've got the room. They've got the room to expand. You know, I think some of the things you should talk about, since I won't be there. Sure. Some of the things you should talk about, not just are what kind of hotels should they build, where should they build them? Oh, I already got my list. Well, oh, you can't can until a segment. You can't until a segment. I know. Segment. I'm ready, though. But I, ready. I, thought it was, I thought it was a very, very interesting and very telling story. Well, this is just me being a purist, but I would rather see Disney building the hotels than having more Four Seasons and Waldorfs come in. I don't know. I don't think you're going to see too much more... Um, in that range, you may see some some mid-range hotels come in, but I would hope that Disney would not outsource them. That's a good point. Yeah, That's no, something I else to talk don't about. Don't want to see that. Would these, you know, would they outsource them? That I think would be a bad idea. I think Disney building these hotels, Disney running these hotels, uh, is the right way to go. But you know, now that you mention it, 
I remember having a discussion with someone. I won't give details because it was not on the record, quote unquote. Um, but I remember having discussions about two years ago with someone who suggested to me that that might be the path that Disney follows is they might outsource, um, not build any more. There was actually discussion at one point of Disney licensing out the operation of their existing hotels to an outside company. That's not good. Um, And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that would be, these are all wonderful things you can talk about in the segment. (laughs) Now, Um, what do you think this does for free dining, you know, all the people that went, well, they're going to offer free dining to bring their occupancy up. If occupancy is already up. Well, understand, this is this was an average for the first quarter. Um, Disney offers specials right. during periods when they have depressed occupancy. So, um, you know, September historically is depressed occupancy because kids are just going back to school. And, you know, the basic rule of thumb is kids are in school, parks, you know, attendance at the parks and the resorts is, is lower. Um, and very few parents are going to want to pull their kids out of school a week after they just went back. But I still see a lot of um, discussions on the Diz boards where people are, um, now they expect free dining to be there. So they're, you know, the, the thinking is you don't book. So then Disney looks at that low number and says, okay, let's offer free dining. But a it lot could, of people... Well, it's what came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Uh, but September was always yeah. a low period. September was always a quiet, quiet month at Disney World. So, uh, you know, they and, you know, prior to 9-11, Disney would not discount anything. And I remember getting into a shouting match after 9-11 with a Disney executive who was talking about rate integrity. (laughs) And we have to maintain rate integrity. And I'm like, rate integrity went out the window when those planes hit those buildings. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to travel. You have to do something. Um, and ultimately, they did. They did start discounting in terms, but you know, rather than lowering the price of the hotel rooms, they offer free dining. Um, that was kind of their their rationale behind that. Now, since then, they have done things thirty five percent off, twenty five percent off, things of that nature. So they have come around to we have to discount at certain times of the year and in certain situations. Uh, I know that it was a few years ago that they had talked about. Uh, Bob Iger had said, we're not doing any more discounts, that we're going to stop. And I know that's what they want. They want at some point in time, and I don't know when it's going to be, at some point in time, they are going to pull off the Band-Aid. And they're going to deal with the, you know, people screaming and shouting and, you know, doing whatever. But at some point in time, they're going to stop it. If they think they can get away without it. Right. They're going to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. They're in it to make money and, you know, can't blame them for that. So I um, be very interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, my, my money is on my money is on new hotels. My money's on new hotels. And I think we're going to hear announcements about it sooner rather than later. So. All right. The other news story I wanted to talk about was Disney is apparently subpoenaing. Um, uh, they've asked a, a California federal judge to decide. Uh, if Image Shack, the website that hosted a screenshot leak of a, a clip from Star, the new Star Wars movie, um, if they can compel them to identify who posted that image. I, I'm going to fast forward to the end of the story <laughs> right now. The judge is going to give them the okay. They're going to get the subpoena. They're going to find out who leaked this. And Disney is going to draw and quarter this person out in front of the Burbank office. 
and stick his head on a spike <laughs> because they do they want they, they, they're going to make an example of of this of this person. When was this leaked? Um it's the first time I'm seeing it. It was a while back, wasn't it? It was a January. Yeah, this, I don't have the date. This is from this still is from the trailer. Is this what they leaked, or was it the image where they were turned around and you could see the face? Yeah, the it would it would have been the actual face of the character, <laughs> which I could not find the image. I think they've yeah, done a good they, job of at cleaning it up. Yeah. yeah, the image I don't think is online anymore. Um, the photo shows a Sith Lord who wears a dark hood and mask and is waving a red broadsword lightsaber, similar to the one shown in the film's teaser. The image was posted by an Image Shack user named Darth Simi. A Disney employee has confirmed that the leaked photo is from The Force Awakens. A takedown notice citing the Digital Millennium Copyright Act was sent to the website. The photo is no longer viewable. Uh, Tim Buck says Darth Simi lives in Simi Valley, California. In his mama's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Or he works on the film. Yeah, Yeah. I'm thinking that. Or he works on the film. Um, you know, the DMCA, the D- Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, the reason that's, that's important in any of this, uh, it was a very, very important bill that was passed. Uh, it was either 99 or 2000 uh, that basically said that the owners of websites cannot be held liable for contributions. Like, you know, in other words, somebody posts something, you know, on, on the boards, on disboards. Um, I can't be held liable for that. Okay, that's good. Um, they will send me what's known as a DMCA takedown notice. I have, you know, if I choose, if I get that that notice and I choose not to take it down, then then they're coming after. I'm okay. pro- then, yeah. I, then I could be in trouble. But so basically, that's why they're not going after Image Shack. The most Disney can do with the with a with a, a website like this is get a judge to issue a subpoena saying you have to provide any records of the identity of this user to us so that we can pursue legal action. Now, in most cases, the most they're going to be able to do is give them the IP address that was used. Um, the IP address is something that's assigned by your, uh, by, by your internet service provider when you log on, when you're on the internet. Uh, it often changes depending on the, on the hosting, on who you use. But it's a, it's a number that identifies you to a computer. And technically, with that IP address, it will at least tell Disney who the uh, Internet service provider is. And the Internet service provider, of course, knows who had what IP address on what date and what time um, and what account that. And that's pretty much how they do it. Now, the problem is that if this guy was smart, he washed his IP, which means you go through a service that changes your IP address spoofs it is what it's called and uh, those are virtually impossible to track that's like something out of the movies right bouncing off satellites and yeah. not <laughs> really it's, it it's done all the time yeah, it's it, done all the time it's how a lot of like canadians or uk people will be able to watch american netflix they'll get an american ip address so <laughs> that way canadians, they can watch what we yeah. have although we do it the same if you're an expat and you want to watch your british shows then you can always use it for to get oh, on a UK I don't do it. Oh, it's wrong. It? It's morally wrong. Oh, okay. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so is shaving. Uh, man, I, he's not going to let that one I go. read this article oh, about this, too, that J.J. Uh, Abrams has um, is petitioning them to release the movie early because um, they're afraid of too, they're afraid that 
they're going to have a, like a Sony leak on their hands or something like that, and they're they want to like preserve the integrity of the film, and it's ahead of schedule or something. So he's he was trying to. I don't know how much credibility it is, and when I read it, I was like, "There's no way that Disney's going to." They would never move a movie up. Not like when they have not when they have a potential massive blockbuster on their hands for Christmas. Yeah, um, especially since the Avengers is already in there for like May. They already have a major. You know, tent pole right there yeah. in that time. Anyway, so there's nowhere else to put it. Like, well, unless Disney feels that they need to boost up their uh, fourth quarter, uh, their fourth quarter earnings. Um, in which case, the fourth quarter for Disney and September 30th, um, they're on a they're on an October one to September 30 uh, fiscal year. So the, their fourth quarter and September 30th, if they need to boost their numbers and the film's done and ready to go. Could be a back to school film, right? Well, if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna do yes. summer though, they gotta do summer. it pretty much they, early. September is generally like a, it's a the second January. It's where yeah, the it's, dumping ground is. For, it's take out the trash. Yeah, month. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sad. <laughs> it's take out the trash month. So back to uh, school. <laughs> Imagine Darth so, Vader with mechanical pencils. <laughs> so yeah, Disney's uh, Disney's Disney's gonna go after this guy, person, man, woman, kid, Darcy. as well. They should. As well they should, yeah. So hope we get to see who it is. I'm sure we will. All right, that's going to do it for the news. We're going to move on to Rapid Fire, and we will start with you, Mrs. Whirling. Okay, mine is the Shark Reef at Typhoon Lagoon is now going to open two hours after the park opens and close one hour before the park closes, or 5 p.m., whichever is first. I don't know why they're changing the hours, but... They've shortened the, the time you the can use. The sharks need shark. a break. Yeah, maybe that's it. Sharks <laughs> complained. Hmm. Sharks have a union. Yeah. No, they're afraid of another a blackfish documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mine. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Jenny Lynn. Um, so I'm here to tell you that the golden carriage from the feature film Cinderella that's coming out is arriving at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It's already, well, it's already there now. It's going to be there until April 11th. It's going to be located on the movie facade on the streets of America. So, you know, that fake cinema thing that they have there. You can get your photo taken in front of it. It's very beautiful. It's all in gold leaf. 10 feet tall, 7 feet, 17 feet long, weighs 2 tons, and they want you when you take your pictures in front of it and put it out on social media to put it out with the hashtag, surprisingly, wait for it, Cinderella. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get an extended sneak peek of the movie in the ABC Sound Studio in the same park, and the movie is debuting on March 13th. It looks really good. I went to see the trailer. I was impressed. I'm excited for this. I know. I want to see this movie. When does it release? I'm sorry? March 13th. March 13th. Can I have a question about that? Is this... That is the entrance to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground, isn't it? Right there? Did they, like, close that off? It's very close to it. But, no, they've closed off the back part. You can't walk through So you can't cut through anymore. You can't cut through. You have to walk around. You don't get to see the poster of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids television show. Yeah. (laughs) I want to pull up somewhere in that. Very successful. <laughs> I have. I, I can. I can put together an outfit that would go. Yeah. Not too gaudy. Even Amadeus. Let me just Be add pretty. on to what JL was saying. I, I just commend Disney for their outrageous viral marketing campaign and using the hashtag Cinderella. I think <laughs> it's groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. It is groundbreaking. It's Genius. Well, one thing that I thought about this was, I I liked it that they were doing this. I don't know if it's a filler because everything else is shutting down in the studios. So. Maybe this adds a little bit of appeal, but the point is, it's a movie prop. The studios was supposed to be about movies, movie making. 
I appreciate even this little small gesture that brings something yeah. of that nature back into the park. Mm-hmm. How Absolutely. long is it there for? Until April 11th. Okay. I have time. I'm hoping this movie is really good, and I'm hoping it's a really big hit. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like mind a, seeing them do more things like this, bringing in the movie props from the movies, especially now that we don't have the Backlot Tour anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. Thank you, Jail. Mrs. Eccles. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the new terminal that opened up the end of December at Port Canaveral Terminal 1. I'm not really sure why. It sounds like a sci-fi film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I drove by it the other day. It's awesome looking. Um, it's east of the Ports Cove restaurant in the retail district. And um, Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Sea was the first ship to come in. It is a two-story um, 188,514 square foot terminal. That's massive. A thousand vehicle parking garage, 1,600 seats inside that can be turned into a venue for local events. Oh, cool. Um, and I've read this article. Um, Rocky Johnson, who was the vice president of Ivers Construction, which put the whole thing together, he said the goal was to get passengers onto the ship within six to eight minutes after they leave their car. I love that. Wow. That's well, a good idea. It I, sounds I, like a cattle yard to me. <laughs> the, the, um, here's, the, here's the larger story behind Terminal 1. Uh, Terminal 1 is not just about expanding capacity of Port Canaveral. It is, it is about allowing, because the press release very specifically says, allowing the world's largest cruise ships mm-hmm. to dock there. World's largest cruise ships. The two largest cruise ships in the world are owned by Royal Caribbean. They're the Oasis and the Allure. And I've been saying it for a while. We've been hearing it for a while. I guarantee you, I guarantee you one of those ships is going to start docking out of Port Canaveral. And it is going to be game on for Disney. Yeah. Because those ships will be a big draw. Yeah. Disney cannot, cannot, I'm sorry, I love Disney Cruise Line. I love Disney Cruise Line. They cannot compete head-to-head with the Oasis of the Allure. They can't. They're redoing this whole area down there. Now they've got the big um, exploration tower, and the the new terminal is kind of behind that. So when you come over that last bridge, like into Port Canaveral, if there's a ship parked at the new terminal, Terminal 1, it's right behind that big fin coming up out of the ground. And it's just, it's it's really pretty cool to look at. Ron John Surf Shop's going to have a kiosk down there. There's going to be new restaurants. It's going to be awesome, I think, personally. But it, Disney's so far away from that. And and a, a good portion of this project was paid for by, wait for it, Royal Caribbean. <laughs> Royal Caribbean. They're not putting this money there just because they like Port Canaveral. No. There's a reason. There's a reason. And I think Royal Caribbean feels they can they can compete head-to-head now with Disney. Yeah. And there's a, it's supposed to be state-of-the-art, no other terminal like it in the world. They're going to have two areas where you can get on and... Like if you're boarding the ship there, um, you get on and off a certain way. But if you're coming in and it's just... Uh, what do I want to call it? Not a sea day. Uh, like if it's a destination for your ship and you're just there for the day, there's another way to get on and off the ship. So it's, I mean, it's they've got it all figured out. I can't wait for the big ships to come. I've never been on Royal Caribbean before, but I mean, just the uh, just the look of it. I'm not going to be excited when I'm on a Disney ship and pull up next to it, and you're feeling all inadequate. <laughs> you know, when you're looking up to the. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy is, looking down on the other ships when I'm on Disney, <laughs> like Carnival. You know, look is, at us. This is part of the where, where I see the issue is going to be for Disney. 
having to go head to head with either the Oasis or the Allure, and I and I mention those ships in specific uh, because they are massive ships. They're much larger than the Dream of the Fantasy, and routinely the seven night itineraries are anywhere from twenty to forty percent cheaper on those ships hmm. than they are on the Dream of the Fantasy, and. Royal Caribbean knows that's going to be their ace in the hole. And that, you know, it's going to start. I mean, maybe not among the hardcore Disney fans. But let's be honest. Hardcore Disney fans don't make up the majority of people that are sailing on Disney. There's certainly an important aspect of it, but they're not the majority. The majority of people are going to say, oh, wait a second. There's this bigger ship with all this other stuff on it. And it's 30% cheaper. For the same room on the same itinerary? Okay, guess what? What's that about? So awesome. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Also, be interesting. in this article I was reading, it says um, Terminal 1 is the first of four cruise terminals that Port Canaveral will need by 2022 to handle anticipated growth that is expected to elevate it to become the world's largest, busiest cruise terminal in terms of passenger volume. Well, that'll, wow. that'll, that'll take the title away from Miami then, because I believe it's Miami right now is the largest. They're going to have to... Oh, wow. Cocoa Beach, all that. I mean, it's, everything's going to grow. They're already talking about changing the, you know, when you, um, you're on the beach line and you're heading towards, and you pass heading towards Cocoa Beach, they're already talking about um, widening the road and putting, like, palm trees down the middle and everybody, the locals are fighting it. A lot of them are. Really? Yeah. Because they're just going to, I mean, some of those businesses have been along there forever, and that's going to cut into, it's going to bring the road a lot closer to the front door, but it's also going to make it busier. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Corey? Um, it was slim pickings for rapid fires this week, so I'm going to throw out some uh, event dates. Uh, Mardi Gras at Universal Studios. You should probably know the dates for this already if you listen to the show, um, Universal show. If not, shame on you. Um, Saturdays and select nights, February 7th through April 18th. And then Atlanta Braves Spring Training is happening March 4th through April 4th, 2015. Check out that schedule. If you're a fan of uh, baseball, you might your team might be here when you're here. Um, St. Patrick's Day, no information has been released for 2015 yet, but last uh, last year it was held March 7th through the 17th, and they usually do something at Raglan Road. I'm not sure how downtown Disney is going to impact that with all the construction going on. Um, Epcot's Flower, Food, Wine, and Garden Festival is happening March 4th through May 17th, and then finally Star Wars Weekends. Saturdays and Sunday, Friday, Saturdays and Sundays, May fifteenth through June fourteenth. Yay! Mark your calendars. <laughs> All right, thank you, Corey, Gregory. Okay, so uh, it's with Disney's deepest pride and greatest pleasure that they welcome you to make <laughs> reservations for the fast casual lunch experience at BR Guest Restaurant starting February 25th. Uh, guests will have the option to pre-order their meal 30 days prior up to five minutes before their reservation. So if you want to get one four minutes before, you are out of luck. Uh, <laughs> lunches served daily from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And once again, they can be made starting February 25th. And how, how long do you think it's going to take before their system crashes for everybody trying to get be our guest reservations on that day? Immediately. <laughs> the answer is immediately. People are excited about it. Though. But it, it's nice because they were doing that test for a while, and people were getting upset because they didn't get the link, and then it was on the Diz, and then people, because Disney 
made that all convoluted. So it's nice now they finally opened it up and everybody can book it. Yeah. Someday I'll eat there. I haven't eaten there yet. Oh, it's really nice. It is. I love beer guest. I'm still waiting for a character awesome. breakfast or a character meal there. I still think that's perfect. What was that, uh, Ron? Oh, I was just saying, I've only eaten lunch there, but it's definitely my top pick for lunch in the park. It's not, it's not that, I mean, it's comparable, same prices for the other places, and the food's much better selection. Agreed. Agreed. All right, thank you, Craig. Dustin. All right, here's the deal. Disney Parks blog just released this morning, actually, so this is breaking news. Uh, (laughs) Some uh, new, unique, and reimagined merchandise items. And I don't have all the pictures up here if you're watching the video show, but we will have the link in the show notes uh, page. For the Flower and Garden Festival, some of these uh, items include a new Mickey Mouse ears with the sorcerer's hat and, like, hedge green um, ears. Um... But some of the cooler items are a mason jar uh, cup uh, that has the Flower and Garden Festival logo on it, it a smokehouse uh, beer glass, um, new hats, new pins, and uh, some, you know how they have the garden gnomes with Mickey? Well, they have Olaf this year. No Um, way. Yeah. Measure? And he's he's measuring the rainfall. Oh, okay. Um, again, these <laughs> links will be here in the show notes page. But more importantly, uh, for Dooney and Burke collectors, there's a whole uh, new series uh, with a new design for Dooney and Burke bags that feature uh, Mickey Mouse riding on one of those old style, like gigantic bicycles. You know, with the giant front wheel. Uh, that's kind of the pattern that's on there. And Again, check out the show notes page to see all the merchandise that they're going to have at the Flower and Garden. i got to be honest. I go nuts shopping at Flower and Garden. Mm -hmm. I go absolutely insane. I love it. Really cool stuff. I I, I love Flower and Garden. I love it even more these last few years since they've started adding the food kiosks a la Mm -hmm. Food and Wine. Mm -hmm. But they're not, it's not a complete ripoff of Food and Wine. They're doing some different things, approaching it differently. I thought that was a brilliant change. They try to approach it, you know, from a garden slash outdoor barbecue type of angle you know to tie it in with the flower and garden theme yeah. well we call it flower and garden and food and wine <laughs> <laughs> um they've, I, they've really upped their game as far as merchandise because um yesterday we got some new epcot keychains with some of the medallions from the the different attractions that used to be there the cups um we got the latest kevin john print um, there's all kind of really cool Disney. It's like every month they're coming up with new things to separate you from your money. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah. I'm happy for that. I'm happy to, happy to shop at Disney when it's decent. But there was a time and it was pretty, like, <coughs> yeah. I've seen it, it done very, it. It seemed very touristy and yeah. for a while. Now it seems a little bit more classy, sophisticated, original. Well, it seems like they kind of, they, they kind of get caught into the, Oh, we can do this. We can, you know, do this cheaper and charge mm-hmm. more for it, and nobody's going to know the difference, or nobody's going to be any the wiser. But you know, then they start. You know, people start realizing, oh, this stuff is junk. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to kind of go through that cycle. Um, they're kind of coming into like almost a renaissance cycle right now with merchandise, mm-hmm. um, with more at least seeing some more uh, attraction specific merchandise. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have the haunted mansion stuff. Now we have the Tower of Terror stuff coming up. Stores like the Market Co-op. The Market oh, Co-op opening. is a great example. Um, so, and even Figment. I'll bring up my Figment. Um, okay. My sweat jacket. There's a new mug out. I mean, 
when was the last time you saw them show figment yeah. any love? So they've really stepped their game up. I know, I know some that people you don't are the want figment to girl, but I am still waiting for them to come out with, you know, figment with his yellow fleece. I would buy one of those. Those yellow fleece with the red. Oh, yeah. The... That said figment across the front. Mm-hmm. I, I cool. would wear it. I yeah, would buy oh, I would too. Cool. Awesome. All right. All right, thank you for that, Dustin. We're going to move on and talk about the top 10 threads on disboards.com for the month of January. Coming in at number 10, find your 2015 Dream Cruise Meet link here. Uh, posted on the Disney Cruise Meets subforum under Disney Cruise Line by Irish Cowboy. Let me take a moment to talk about Cruise Meets and the boards. Uh, there was some, There's definitely been some yelling and screaming because... We uh, recently instituted a policy of no more of these uh, Facebook groups, uh, people kind of soliciting on our boards for these Facebook groups. And I've heard, you know, oh, it's because we want the money and all this. First of all, let me tell you something. The Disney Cruise Meet subforum is less than one-tenth of one percent of the traffic that Disboards gets. I make nothing, nothing off the Cruise Meets board. I can tell you that unequivocally right now it has nothing to do with money it had to be it ha- had to do with the fact that these groups were being hijacked by people with financial interests who were looking for a way to get people off of our boards and into their companies and that's what was happening over and over and over again we let it happen we didn't have a problem with it but then we started getting these complaints people were being left out of these groups mm-hmm. because it was turning into lord of the flies um, travel agents were setting up these groups. They had nothing to do with the cruise. They didn't book the cruise. They weren't on the cruise. But they were trying to get clients. And they were, there was a lot of abuse going on. That's why it had to stop. That's why it had to stop. It had nothing to do with money on our end. But no, I am not going to allow people to come onto my boards and solicit business for themselves. You want that business? Build your own discussion board. You're not going to come take it off mine. So there's no reason these threads can't be used to plan meets. And now we're seeing that people yep. are back to doing it and everything is fine and the world hasn't stopped. <laughs> so that was what was behind us stopping those particular Facebook groups. But I want everybody to be aware of the fact that we allowed it for a long time. We allowed it for a long time until it got abused. And then we had to do what we had to do. So that's just that. So uh, number nine, craft cheese won't melt on the community board. <laughs> okay. by Wishing on a star. <laughs> I this is our that one. number nine thread. That's good. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> well, this no, is legitimate. Yeah, these are. That's awesome, I guess. Number eight is if you saw a grown woman walking around the parks like this, she was wearing, I guess, this thing she got on Amazon, which put her hair into like a Mickey bun. She had the two ears and <laughs> the bump okay. it or something. It was her hair? <laughs> yeah. Well, number eight. Something. Okay. It was like a thing. Um, number seven, not surprisingly, new pavilion coming to Epcot, and it's not a real country. Of course, we're talking about the Frozen, frozen expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, number six, the 2014-2015 Beach and Yacht Club FAQ on the Disney Resorts Board, um, and that's by Nate Ben Ma. And the honestly, I got to tell you, some of the best content you'll find anywhere on our site on the Resorts Board in these FAQs on the Resorts. People do an unbelievable job putting these together. Um, so really, if you want some great information, like thorough, ridiculously thorough, 
and maintained, very, very meticulously maintained information about the resorts. Uh, check out our resorts board and these FAQs. They're there for all the resorts. Um, number five, the Be Our Guest Lunch Fast Pass thread. This has been a, uh, mm-hmm. this has been a, big, uh, a big thread to begin with for quite a while. But uh, I, now that the, the test is over and that uh, reservations are being accepted, um, I wonder if this is going to continue to be such a hot topic. Be such a hot topic, or if it's going to die off. Um, number four: Pirates of the Caribbean closed for six months on the theme park attractions and strategies board by Music City Mama. Is it being closed for six months? Um, nothing's been announced yet. Well, maybe she yeah. knows something we don't. It's a lot of big rumors about it because yeah. they're breaking down multiple times throughout the day now, sometimes needing to evacuate, which is very difficult there because then they all have to put on their waders and go out into the water. And, it, I mean, everything needs it after so long, so might be time for it. Well, six months would be a long time yeah. to bring that attraction offline. That's normally reserved for gutting and redoing. Yeah. So if it ends up being down for six months, that's that's going to be huge. Number three, stateroom Mickey ears and then some on the Disney Cruise Line forum by I Drive Illumina. Number two, our number one thread for 2014 FastPass Plus Basic Info, Suggested Priorities and Strategies Part 2 by Mesa Boy 2 on the Theme Parks Board. And our number one thread for 2000, I'm sorry, for January 2015, It's Back January Trip A Day Contest on the Theme Parks Board. And that was... People were very, very excited by that contest. That's surprising. Really? Every every January when they do something, we see a lot of interest. Uh, unusual for it to be as... I guess they're more optimistic than I usually am. It's like... I'm not going to win. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, this cheese thread is amazing. <laughs> Please, tell us more. I didn't even bother looking at it because I just assumed, okay. No, it's... this woman, I buy Kraft Deli Deluxe American Singles the past two times. It won't even melt. It's not even like dairy, like some fake artificial product. Like, she didn't know that? <laughs> and then it just goes on and people are like defending it or, oh my gosh. The thread looks real, good on your phone, too. It. Oh my God! How funny! <laughs> Corey, Corey can't help but mention how good the boards look on the phone. It is pretty. Oh, it was beautiful on the phone. Yeah, you don't need that that lousy app anymore. It, it was yeah, so I was going to say, do you want to mention that? Because I still see people, a lot of people asking us about the app. There yeah. is no more app. There is no more disboards.com app. The Dis Unplugged app is still there and still usable, and you can go download that for free from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Um, this is the disboards.com app that we had, where you could go to the boards from. Uh, that app no longer works and will not be back. Uh, the boards are now what are known as responsive, which means they will work on any device, whether it's your desktop, your laptop, your tablet, your uh, iPhone, your smartphone. Uh, just go use your browser, go to disboards.com. You don't need an app anymore. And I know for a lot of people, that's a good thing. I know for a lot of people, they're very upset that we don't have the app anymore, but the app didn't work. The app didn't work for a lot of people. So it has to be this was quick. I went right to what I needed, and there yeah. it was. Yeah, Jeez. it's amazing. Without an app. Yeah. <laughs> it worked well. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for me for this week. Coming up next, Dustin and the team are going to talk about what they think Disney should do 
in terms of new hotels. And I think we'll have some suggestions from you guys as well. So hope you enjoyed it. That will do it for this episode of The Diz Unplugged. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Yeah.